This episode deals with subject matter that may be triggering for some listeners. You're listening to Bizarrely Carly. Thank you for joining for part two of my discussion with Brooke about body positivity and the dangers of the diet industry. Make sure you've checked out part one of this episode. We'll continue right where we left off. I know another thing you wanted to kind of touch on is the diet culture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> um, uh, if you know me and you like follow me on, usually on Instagram, on Twitter, you'll know I'm very anti-diet. The diet and wellness culture are something that just boils my blood um and again talking about like all this stuff like I'm not like a trained professional or whatever but like I tend to educate myself um in school we did have to take a nutrition course and we talked a lot about this kind of stuff I learned a lot and I learned what I can and can't talk about but diet culture I could talk for hours about what's wrong with it. And ultimately, like, I can say what I want about it. And people are going to, people are going to do what they want to do. Like, I'm not going to sit here and tell a person you can't diet. If they are the, if they're going to make that choice, they're going to make that choice. I just think that people should be educated about it because I don't think people get properly educated on diet culture and different diets. You know, they hear a million different things and they only see like the good stuff, but um, so you want to try and educate them, but ultimately people are going to do what they're going to do. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and tell people like, don't you dare do this. And, um, so I just kind of wanted to preface that <laughs> in my opinion, diet culture is just really dangerous because, you know, they sit there and they talk about it. Like they are, they care about your health and your wellness and they want you to succeed in your way to a healthy life. And I think, can I swear on here? I just think it's all you want. (laughs) I just think it's all bullshit. Um, It is all bullshit because all the diet culture is about is money. Diet culture and wellness culture. That's all they care about is money because if they really gave two craps about your health and your wellness and getting you to a healthy lifestyle, They wouldn't make it so like 95% of the time you fail on that diet and then have to keep going and trying a new one. That's their whole cycle. You start on a diet and you know, you lose the the weight you want or what you're like close to what you want and you feel good. And you're like, you know what? I'm in control. I can kind of take myself off this diet and then I'll just, I can continue like that in my normal everyday life. But the problem with diet culture is Every single diet you will go on, aside from what I call like, it's not even a diet, it's just a balanced lifestyle. And that's eating, you know, what what your body wants, fueling your body. Intuitive eating is what it would be called. Um, Still don't consider that a diet because you're not restricting yourself. And that's what diets are. You restrict something out of what you eat. It's never the only thing that people will argue against is, well, I'm on Weight Watchers and I can eat anything I want, but on Weight Watchers, you, they have those like Weight Watchers points, like eat this and it's worth so many points and you can only eat so many points in a day. It's calorie counting. It's calorie restricting. 
So you're still right? restricting. You're still restricting. Like most times on things like that, they in general, you're eating maybe 1500 calories a day. Now, 1500 calories a day is the daily caloric intake for a toddler and a child. And they're telling adults, women and men, that this is what, this is what's going to sustain you. This is what you need to eat. And it's going to work. Like it's going to, obviously you have to be in a caloric deficit to lose weight. So it's going to get you where you want to be, but you're eating way under what adult, like adults should eat 2,500 calories a day. And you can eat 2,500 calories a day and lose weight and just eat and still eat what fuels your body. But the whole, you know, diet culture is restrict something. So Weight Watchers is, you're still restricted. They're, they're guising it under, oh, you don't have to take anything out of your diet. You can, you can eat cake. You can eat bread. Like you remember Oprah doing Weight Watchers and she's like, I love bread. I can still eat bread. <laughs> okay. But how much, how many points is that bread worth? And what are you giving what up is that, in its place? What are you giving up in its place? So like, I get it. I get that. It's under the guise of like, well, I can still have, you know, I can eat like my veggies and stuff, but I can still have my cake and bread and whatever. And Weight Watchers came out with their like own foods and desserts, but they're like tiny. <laughs> and I'm like, what is that? That's not a dessert. <laughs> um, but so there, it's all about restriction. Cause then you look at like, I know the big thing right now is the keto diet and you're taking a lot out of your diet that your body needs. And the diet industry knows that you can be on this and that none of their diets are long-term solutions to weight loss. They know that you're going to lose the way you want. You're going to be like, yes, I feel good. This is where I want it to be. You're going to go back to your normal life and you're going to gain that weight back. Why? Because you were restricting certain things from your diet, your body's like, okay, you took this away from me last time. Now we're going to binge. And that's the problem with dieting and restricting yourself. You're taking that, like every food that is out there has something that your body needs. And like, that's why your body has cravings. So when you do these diets and you're like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm craving a chocolate bar. You're the diet says, no, you can't do that. You can't eat it. Even on Weight Watchers, you can only have a certain amount and still like it's your body's still like, that's not as much as I wanted. So when you finally give into giving yourself more, your body's going to be like, okay, last time we did this, or you only gave me a little bit, or last time we, like, I told you that I wanted this. You, you said, no, you told me I couldn't have it. So now you're letting me have it. And I just, I want as much as I can possibly get. Cause who knows the next time I'm going to get this. And that's when you have those binge moments and then you feel like crap. And then you're like, how do I stop this? But then you go through that whole binge cycle of all the stuff that you restricted. And then you put that weight back on and then you, it's a cycle. So that's where you start the roller coaster diet. You do it. You, it's just a cycle. You, so you lose the weight. You feel good. Go back to my normal life. I'm fine. You binge, you feel like shit. Oh, I got to try something else. And then a lot of the times the diet that you tried the last time might not work as well as it did the first time because your body is again, like your body's smart. Your body's like, mm, we did this before and you didn't make me feel too good. You weren't giving me what I wanted. You weren't giving me what I needed. So it's, it's going to hold, hold on to 
that stuff a little bit more. Um, so then that's when you're like, maybe I'll try a different diet. So maybe you go from keto to Atkins, you go from Atkins to Weight Watchers, you go from Weight Watchers to, I don't know, just like cutting out whatever else, intermittent fasting, that's a fancy way of saying, let's uh, skip meals, but we're not going to call it a precursor to like possible anorexia. But we're telling you, if you have this much time, you have this time window to eat your food in. And after that, don't eat anything because you're going to burn that fat. You're going to burn the fat that's in your body because that's the worst thing that you can have is this fat in your body. And the worst thing you can do is restrict your body. That's why, like, when I found out about this, like, like, intuitive eating lifestyle, it blew my mind that people were, you know, eating what they wanted, like just feeding their body, listening to their body and being like, okay, my body wants this and I'm going to eat it. And you know what? I'm eating a proper amount. I'm eating when I'm not over full. I'm not eating when I'm under full. Like I feel good. And I feel good about what I ate, whether that was a salad, whether it was um, just like chicken and broccoli or whether it was a piece of pizza or a couple pieces of pizza. Cause you're telling your body like, okay, I'm listening to you. And right now, oh, I know you want a salad. So I'm going to give you a salad. And then the next day, you might be like, okay, I'm hungry. And you might say, you know what? I'm really feeling a pizza. My body really wants a pizza. And some part of you in the back is going to be like, no, no, go for that salad, right? Like that's where you're thinking. But your body's going to be like, no, I told you I wanted pizza. And you're giving me a freaking salad. So it's going to be pissed and then Thus comes the binging again, because the next the body's like, you didn't give me pizza last time, and now you have it, so I want I want more of it, more than I normally would if you just gave me pizza last time. The thing I find fascinating is like when when I first went like to the eating disorder clinic, you go there with hopes of them helping you to get a healthy relationship with food, and like. Because I am the way I am, I was hoping that would mean also that I'm going to lose weight. So I was surprised to find out that it's not at all about the food. It it comes down to your relationship with food and like how you think about it and understanding the psychology behind it and what hunger really means and what mm-hmm. full means. And if these diets were really meant to succeed they really would touch more on the psychology aspect of it exactly just focus on the food exactly and uh, that that's good is like healing your relationship with food because the diet industry is just there to tell you that these foods are good and these foods are bad and that's a narrative that needs to go away no food is good or bad a food might be more more calories and less nutrient dense than another food but they're not like you eat a salad um and people are like that's a good food it just means it's just it's lower in calories and higher in nutrients compared to a pizza where people will be like that's bad it's not bad it's just higher in calories and a little less nutrient dense but you still can get stuff that you're like food is here to nourish like every food has some kind of part in our body and that's why like when you have I remember learning this in my nutrition class is when you have a craving for something it means your body needs it your body is low it's getting deficient in it 
So when you're actually craving sugar, your body needs it because your body uses sugar for those like short bursts of energy, which is basically like getting you through your day, getting through like a workout, going like on a walk, anything like that, sugar and like carbs. That's what it does for us. But we're so used to hearing, oh my gosh, sugar, bad, 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 bad. But if we change the tune and if the diet industry changes tune, but it wouldn't because then that would cost the money. If they change the tune to be like, your body needs this, but let's do it moderation. Let's modify it a little bit. You know, if, if we weren't scared of food or taught to be scared of food, it would be so different. And it, it kind of makes me feel bad for food because I'm like, it's literally just there to feed our bodies and our bodies are just asking for us to give it what it, it needs. And, and no one's saying that when you're craving sugar, you need to go pick up a bag of candy, like yeah. go, go grab some fruit. That's fine. That's fine. Just fulfill that craving because that's what your body needs. And that's when you get like, people will push that craving to the side and all of a sudden they understand, they don't understand why, you know, they can't just get through short bursts of energy. Well, it's because your body ran out of sugar and sure it's going to tap into its fat storage but not as well as for things like that as it would with carbs or sugar and the that's the thing is the the whole narrative around food needs to change and we need to stop looking at foods as good or bad so once we stop doing that we stop seeing foods as an enemy you know like like last night cam and i decided to order dinner and I was looking at the menu and I had a moment of like, I really want this chicken sandwich, but I had a bagel earlier. So that'd be like a carb heavy day. Maybe, maybe I should just get a salad. Maybe I should just get a salad. And I kind of sat with it for a bit. And I'm like, no. First thing I thought was I want a chicken sandwich. So my body's going to get a chicken sandwich. <laughs> and whenever it wants a salad or veggies, it can have salad or veggies. And it's, it's all about, it's, it's hard to heal relationship with food, especially when your whole adolescent and adult life is filled with people telling you what foods are bad or telling you, you know, they're not eating this food because they want to lose weight. It's, it's hard, but that's always the first step is just realizing that food isn't your enemy. Food isn't there to make you feel bad. It's not there to create conflict within your body. It's there to just nourish you. And once you kind of figure that out, you stop being scared of it. And you kind of, you just look at everything as, okay, what's my body going to get out of this today? Is it going to, you know, get nutrients and, you know, feel like, you know, make me stronger today? Um, is it going to like, you know, just be light and just have like a good salad or a bunch of vegetables or like a nice vegetable and protein filled stew, or am I going to have a cheeseburger because it's going to make me happy. And that's okay to do too, is knowing that if I have this salad, it's going to make me happy. Or if I have this cheeseburger, it's going to make me happy. And I think that's the hardest part because people won't, people don't look at food like that. They think, well, if I eat this salad, I'm going to be seen as healthy. But if I eat this cheeseburger, I'm going to be seen as unhealthy. 
Um, do you think changing this narrative around food and how we talk about food to ourselves in turn changes your habits because you are mending that relationship? So you actually find you want less of the foods that are, quote, we're not going to use that term, but bad, what people <laughs> refer to as bad foods. And, mm-hmm. you know, you maybe eat those things in moderation more because you are paying attention to what your body's trying to tell you rather than just going on that um, that binge, say, from from previously restricting or that type of thing. Like, overall, there's a, an improvement with health. For sure, because... In that moment, you're, you know, you're kind of getting rid of that, like, you know, secretive kind of like naughty relationship with this, like this cheeseburger or this McDonald's, right? You're, you're taking that power away from it. It's just food. And once you take away the power of like good versus evil away from something so essential to our life, it, it totally will because you're not seeing it as like dangerous thing or something that you like have to hide when something's like off limits you want it more once your brain knows you can't have something that's all it wants that's all it wants absolutely right but when you when you take that power away from it and just put all foods just you know straight shooter same platform you're more likely to just it's it's you'll learn moderation you'll learn like you'll, you'll go with the tune of your body and you'll be like, okay, like this feels good. And you're, it's it's not always going to be perfect. Like you're still going to have days. It's all a learning curve. There's still days where I, like, I struggle with if foods is good or bad, or like saying, I feel fat. Like you're going to have those days because you're human. Like it takes time. No one's perfect. Um, but for starting that journey of healing with food is one of the things I think a person can do for themselves it is hard it takes it's a lot of work like it's not just like okay I love all food like we're gonna woohoo like everything's fine it's like I've been doing it I'm trying to do it for a long long time and I only start like I started back in the I guess technically last year and I remember before going to therapy I thought I was fine I thought oh I just had my hard days you know, everyone struggles with their hard days with food and stuff. But going back to therapy, I was, it was, I was able to make a lot more different connections that I didn't before, like with how I feel towards food and about myself and all that kind of stuff. And it was a big stepping stone in being like, okay, look, this is how you have to look at food. You have to look at it as it's just there to feed your body. It's there to give you energy it's there to you know help your eyesight it's there to help your hair grow it's there just to carry you through life because that's what your body needs because we can't go through life just breathing air that's all anyone would do if that's if that was the case but just you know healing that relationship with food is one of the single best things you will ever do and just like looking at food for food and not as like calories or fats or sugars. It's just like mind blowing. It's free. It's, it, it is to not look at an, an ingredient label to see, Oh my gosh, how many calories are in this thing or how, how much sugar is in this thing to not look at that is like, 
insane. Like I won't let myself look at that stuff because I'm still not like always mentally there to like look at that and not be like, oh my God, this is how much I'm ingesting. So I won't look at it. I'll, I just sit like, okay, my body wanted this. If I, and I know if I heard it, what would happen? And I'm not going to look at that. And I look at it like, like the other day, I got myself a croissant from Starbucks. I sat there humming and hawing about it. And I'm like, I stopped myself. I'm like, why am I humming and hawing about it? Like if my brain thought like, I want, that's my brain and body saying like, you want this, this is how we want to, you know, this is what we want to eat. Yeah. Why am I humming and hawing over it? And even getting it, I was still like, all I could think of was like, oh my gosh, like, do I need this many calories? And I'm just like, no, that's not what this is. This isn't just, you know, calorie carbs. So it's like, this is going to help me get, get through my morning at work. It's going to give me those short bursts of energy to be able to fly through this paperwork and get me through my morning. And then I'm going to get to lunch and I had a good balanced lunch. And I was like, this is going to help me. This is going to keep me full and keep me going for the rest of the day on like a, a nice, easy coast. And once you kind of look at food like that, I think that's a big part of healing the relationship is like, I don't look at the ingredient labels. You just take that piece of food, whatever it is, we'll say it's like a chicken breast. I'm just looking at it as like, okay, this is a piece of chicken. It's full of protein. It's full of, I don't know what other nutrients are in chicken breast, but let's look at the protein. Be like, this is chicken is a great source of protein. And this is going to give me, it's going to give me more energy too, just in a different way than that croissant I had this morning. They're two different types of energy. They're feeding my body in two different ways, but they're, they're still feeding my body and they're still doing something for my body. I don't give a shit how many calories are in it. Cause as you, you live through your day, you burn calories. So why does it matter? And that's why we need 2,500 calories as adults, because you can burn sitting on your ass all day. You can still burn like 600 calories. So just feed yourself, feed your body. Your body deserves it. And it doesn't matter what you ate the day before or when you're going to eat the next day, you deserve to eat what your body needs. And the more you realize that, the less you're going to go for those, the temptress foods, and you're not going to binge on them. You're not going to look at them as something bad. And you're just going to feel so much more comfortable around them that you're going to be like, I'm okay with not eating them all the time. Whereas if they were bad, you, you just want to eat them all the time. And of course, eating fast food and stuff super regularly, isn't necessarily good. I'm not here saying, cause people will sit there and be like, eh, you promote obesity. When you talk about this, I'm not saying eat McDonald's every day of the week. I'm saying if your body wants it, sure. And if you feed it, your body's going to want it less and less. So you're going to start, Oh, you used to want McDonald's multiple times a week, but you didn't get it. Okay. You didn't get it. But think about like, why did your body want it that much? And then you're going to go, if you get into that mindset, you'll get McDonald's once and you're like, okay, I feel good. And then maybe you only start wanting it every two weeks, every because four you're weeks. allowing yourself to have it. Right. It's just, it's, it's, it's all about changing that mindset about food because food isn't there to hurt us. Food isn't our enemy. Food is literally put there to nourish us and keep us alive. <laughs> Like I always said this, this struggle would be so much easier if we didn't have to eat to survive. 
because mm-hmm. for me, it is finding that balance because we have to eat to survive. We have to understand how to have that relationship. And it's hard when you're bombarded with things telling you everything that's wrong with food, like going back to the diet industry. That's what they're there for. They're there to make you question your worth based on your size. They're there to make food look like the enemy. They're sugarcoating it with saying, oh, it's just because we care about your health and your, your self-love. And it's, it's not it's because they know that they're going to get money out of it. And it's constant thing is people, they know people will do anything to defend their diet, especially right now with like keto being the whole craze right now for diet, people will defend keto to like the end of the earth. And I'm like, okay, the interesting thing about diets like keto is that they weren't originally engineered to make you lose weight. They were catered usually in some kind of medicinal way. They like with keto, keto was originally curated to help people with epilepsy because they realized a lot of these foods are triggering epileptic seizures because epilepsy isn't just, you know, strobe light. It's about wires in the brain. So they noticed like, okay, certain carbs and sugars are causing this reaction in the brain and it's actually bad for epilepsy. So that diet was curated with people with epilepsy in mind. It wasn't to make people lose weight, but someone somewhere saw that someone they know with epilepsy was on this diet and they're like, oh my gosh, they lost a ton of weight being on this. But it was interesting how keto transformed because the keto diet that they use for people with epilepsy, it was still very healthy. It was just high in good fats, but it was still very balanced. Whereas you look at how keto is marketed now and it's, you can eat all the cheese and the bacon you want, turn turn a piece of cheese and to make the bread for your sandwich. And I know tons of people who have done it. I do not even want to tell you what I just bought. Not something keto, not something keto. (laughs) No, no, it's a little, it's a little waffle maker. Okay. Waffle makers are great. Don't use it to make cheese bread. Unless you're putting, unless you're putting flour in with that cheese to make an actual like cheese bun. No, you're absolutely right though. And like, and people will defend it to the nth degree. And I'm just like, okay, I'm not saying you can't be on a diet. That's your prerogative. That's your choice. But any other time, like if you didn't know someone was on the keto diet and they were just eating cheese and bacon, you'd be like, you're so unhealthy. But the minute they say they're on keto, you're like, oh my gosh, good for you. You're going to lose so much weight. And again, people are going to do what they want to do. And I don't want people like coming at me for coming at keto or diets, but it's just the truth. And it's fact that they curated this for people with a medical condition that's really bad and it was helping them. And then someone decided to turn into a diet and you look at how fast people lose weight on keto and how people can look at that and say that's healthy is just beyond me. Like you see people who are like losing a hundred pounds in under a year. And I'm like, that's not like, that is such, so much stress and such a shock to your body. They started doing studies on the long-term effects of keto and people tend to have heart problems afterwards because they lost weight so quick. And because they weren't doing it properly, like they were doing dirty keto, people tend to have blood pressure issues. So even in the moment, people are like, oh, it helped my blood pressure in the moment because diets aren't meant to be long-term. 
So in that moment, yeah, it might have lowered your blood pressure or made your joints feel good because it was taking the extra weight off, but it was also creating so many more problems that are worse than your joints hurting. And they're doing studies on literally every diet to be like, listen, I know the main goal in people's lives and in society is to lose weight, but look at these lasting effects that it's having and not even just physically, psychologically, like you look at these people, like, and I was the same way, avid dieting in some way, shape or form. And it's not okay that it's so casual. Like people are like, yep, it's cool. It still comes back to that. Your, your physical look is your worth is your value. It doesn't matter if it's destroying your heart. It doesn't matter if you're going to have other issues down the road. In this moment, you look the beauty standard. And that's all that people want. That's where diets are actually considered disordered eating because you're not eating properly. And that's why diets will often lead into eating disorders. People are literally killing themselves, starving themselves, depriving themselves, dieting themselves to death to look this way that the media that I'm no offense men are telling them to look like because a lot of the men a lot of the media is men and they've always said this is your beauty standard women why do you get to tell us what we look like and some bodies aren't meant to look a certain way and that's the way it's meant to be that's been a, a big thing I've been kind of educating myself and learning about more recently and like I see it all over the place is that it was probably just like a cute little Instagram post, but even if everybody ate the same and worked out the same, no one would look the same because everyone's body is built to look different, whether it's to, especially for women, men too, but just because men are just built so biologically different, women are built because you don't see a lot of men with like wide hips and stuff because they don't bear, like a lot of it has to do with, you know, women being childbearing, women giving birth, women being pregnant. No woman is, is ever going to look the same because each woman's body holds onto fat differently. First of all, some women don't hold really much fat in their body at all, just by nature. Some women hold more fat in their hips. Some hold more fat in their stomachs, whatever. And And a lot of it is stuff you literally cannot change unless you decide to go in for surgery. Like some women have narrow, straight hips. Some women have wider hips. What are you going to do? Like go into the doctor and be like, I need you to break my hips and my pelvis and make it more narrow. Or now the beauty standard is, oh, I need you to widen my hips so I look more curvy because it's, it's, oh, I can't look like quote unquote a little boy. And it's just same thing like shoulders. Some women have broad shoulders. Some women have narrow shoulders. You can't help that. And even with something like, you know, the dreaded lower belly fat or the lower belly pooch, some of the thinnest women will still have a little lower belly because that's literally our uterus. Some women's uterus sits more forward. Some women's uterus sits more back. You look at someone like Kendall Jenner. She's very, very thin. She's got like very A-line features. That's just how she's built. She has a very, very flat stomach, probably because her uterus is tilted back compared to sitting more forward. But you could look at someone like then there's tons of, you know, 
models and celebrities and influencers who are thin or athletic and they still got that little bit of a belly because that, that's where their uterus sit and they're still castrated for that because they have a little belly and it's like what do you want them to do go literally get their uterus moved back a little bit so that they can have a flat stomach it's an impossible fight to do just on a grand scale because it's it's always going to be like that it's come a long long way from when the original body positivity movement started. I know I read up on it. And I think it's important to kind of talk about it. It actually started in like the late 80s, early 90s. And it was actually started by black women who were living in plus size and fat bodies. So they started it because they wanted marginalized bodies, not just being black women, but also being plus size just to be like, hey, we still need to be respected regardless of our size. Like just because we're bigger, and they were already in a marginalized group, but now, you know, considered like fat and plus size. Now they're even in a more marginalized group. And it's like, hey, we just want our bodies to be respected. You don't, <laughs> no one's sitting here saying that you have to be attracted to a plus size woman. Like, that's not what they're trying to get across. It's just like, okay, you don't have to be attracted to me, but you have to respect me. I'm not hurting you. I'm not hurting anyone by living in this mid-size fat plus size body. I just need the respect that you show my counterparts who fit the beauty standard. Let me, let me be able to go shopping and find clothing in stores. I need to be able to see people who look like me in TV and movies. Exactly. So like you always see those women. And like I said, like if you're legitimately losing weight for like legitimate health reasons and you're doing it in a healthy way, all the power to you. But every time I see a celebrity or someone who is in the limelight and they all of a sudden start losing all this weight, are you doing it for health reasons? Because if you are, that's fantastic. Good for you. Or are you doing it because you're in Hollywood and that's the Hollywood standard? Okay, people still love you, but you, you should lose weight. I love like Melissa McCarthy. Always loved her, fat or not. And then it was just like, she lost weight gradually. So I'm hoping it was for, you know, health and done in a healthy way like you see like Adele did it and you see Rebel Wilson did it and if they're doing it for health reasons and in a healthy way all the power to them the problem also therein lies how they're talked about once they start losing that weight all of a sudden it's like they never had any other accomplishments other than losing weight like I know when Adele posted her picture like her first picture since she lost all that weight even though she had won friggin' like a million Grammys and is so talented and did so much, all of a sudden, all that mattered was that she lost weight. All that mattered was that she looked good. And it's like, like she looks good, like good for her, whatever. Why does that have to be a woman's accomplishment is to, you know, to appease to the masses is to lose weight and to look that beauty standard. It really is disheartening, especially if you are somebody whose weight has fluctuated. Like you've been there myself, I've been there. And when you clearly can see the differences and the way people treat you from when you've lost weight versus when you're at your heavier weights, and you can clearly see this difference in, in the way people talk to you or treat you. Oh my gosh. It, yeah. It's, and what's it's, changed? A physical appearance. That's it. Exactly. And like I will say, majority of the time people aren't, they don't think about it and they don't think they're being negative because their whole lives too, it's been getting smaller equals good. Getting bigger equals bad. Telling someone, oh my gosh, you've lost weight. You look great. We've been taught that 
that's a compliment. So you try not to take it to heart or hold it against that specific person because you just have to know like they thought they were giving me a compliment but it's it's hard at the same time to not be like what would you say to me if I if I gained that weight back I just feel like the narrative around just the constant complimenting of people's physical appearance kind of needs to um and if you need to compliment their physical appearance just don't bring weight into it there's no need to compliment because just because someone's lost weight doesn't mean it's a good thing and you could be sitting there and if they're going through an eating disorder and they've lost weight and you're saying, you've lost weight, you look great. In that person's mind going through their eating disorder, that's just going to encourage it. They're going to be like, I look great. This person thinks I look good. I have to keep doing what I'm doing because they're associating that with something positive. And already, if you're going through an eating disorder, already some kind of disassociation between your mind and and your body like it's just it's not the same and so any type of compliment you get during that weight loss it's just going to encourage it and it gets more and more dangerous so I think the whole you know the whole idea of complimenting weight loss needs to go away because it's it it can be so harmful unless you know that person is doing it for like proper positive health reasons let's just not say anything about people's weight. That's a great message. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? A little bit. I kind of wanted to quickly mention, there's a lot with like the body positivity movement, which is the end all be all messages. I love myself because I know I'm beautiful, whether fat, skinny, midsize. It's, it's, it's body positive. Like I'm beautiful. I love myself, which is great, but not everybody can do that. So I've kind of learned about something new just within the last month I would say and it's about body neutrality and what that is is essentially saying how I feel about myself in this moment in this day in this week has nothing to do with my body I don't feel crappy because I'm fat I don't feel crappy because I've gained weight or I don't feel good because I've lost weight I live in this body and I can like it some days and I can hate it some days but how I feel about myself has nothing to do with my body so it's taking that pressure off of your body image it's just I'm living in this body and I happen to feel crappy so I really like that for people who can't just constantly be like yes I love I look that beautiful I love so I that. thought I, I thought that was cool. I kind of been looking up on that a lot more and I'm like, okay, like I love the body positivity movement, but I'm not someone who can sit there and just be like, yes, I'm beautiful all day, every day. I wish I could, but maybe body neutrality is kind of like a stepping stone working your way up. So that one, I thought that was a really nice new learn. <laughs> yeah. I, I never heard of that until you brought it up. Now, who are your favorite uh, people you follow on Instagram? Yeah, I have a couple. It's hard to find good influencers. Like I said, like, especially with like the body positive community, like doing it with like the best intentions, but some just sometimes things can rub you a little, a little bit of the wrong way. Um, not purposely because they're just, they're, they're saying how they feel. They're saying what they're experiencing being, even if they're in like a beauty standard body, the fact that there's these women out there who are still called out or made to feel ashamed of their body, even though they are like the beauty standard, you, you feel for them. So like you, you understand why 
their content is the way that it is. But someone I like a lot, her handle is Own It Babe. Her name is Rini and she's a really, I've been following her for close to three years. Well, she lives in Canada. I think she moved around a lot, but her and her husband and they live here. They live in Calgary and she went through years of disordered eating, eating disorders. And so a lot of it is about how she worked through that, how she feels in her body now. She's a really good follow, I would say, for moms. Uh, she just had a baby in the last couple months. So she's talking a lot. She talks a lot about having an eating disorder history and body image history. And then all of a sudden you're pregnant and you, there's nothing you can do to control the change of your body. So she went through all of that. And then she was going through, now she's going through the postpartum and permanent changes, temporary changes. So I like her a lot because she kind of has, something for everybody. Um, another one, she's also a mom and she's actually a black creator, which I really like because they, they started the body positivity movement. Uh, her handle is Trinity Sierra. So I just started following her recently and uh, her content is a lot like Rinny's and, but she touches on a lot of other issues, which I think is really good to have on your page. And then someone else who I follow recently, her name is uh, Alicia. I'm going to botch her last name, McCarville. Um, she's based out East, actually. Another like body positivity, it's her and her husband. And they're really cool. Their dynamic's really interesting because he's like fit, buff, gym head. And she she's plus size, but she works out with him constantly. Like she- Are they the TikTokers? Yeah, yeah they're on TikTok. God, I love them. I, I love them too. They're so great. And so I just love how she gets to show that dynamic of how- how she's treated in comparison with her husband or like the comments that she like they get and how she's like a lot of like a lot of plus size influencers do they show that they live a healthy lifestyle they show that they work out and still they get crap saying that they're unhealthy that they're promoting obesity and she's like I'm literally working out almost all the time with my husband or I take my rest days like a normal person does and like sometimes I eat the same things as him sometimes I don't so how can you sit here and saying I'm promoting obesity when I'm literally in the gym? Like you see my videos with my with me in the gym with my husband. <laughs> it's like when you go, you know, you hear people making fun of people who are obese being in the gym working out. Like But then when they're not in the gym, you give them you shit too. Me? Are you kidding me? They're doing they're they're you know, they're in the gym, they're working out and that's still like what the we make up your cheer, mind we need to like, cheer on each other we need to like be just, each other's cheerleaders <laughs> exactly and that's why like I didn't like going to the gym it gave me such anxiety because all I could think is like even though I know for the majority of the time people in the gym aren't paying attention to you they're focused they, they're hyper focused on their stuff but all you can think of is those small moments where okay maybe one person is watching me and judging me I would and walk so, in like, there and felt like everybody was staring at me and I'm like, <laughs> I know I would always go just like to the women's only side, but even then I'm just like, oh, but sometimes girls can be like way worse. You would go there and I'd look around and I'm like, nobody is watching me. Why do I have this anxiety? <laughs> I was waiting for someone to show me how to use the equipment properly. You know, you ever see those pictures <laughs> of people upside down? I was worried that was going to be me. <laughs> I know I waited for that too. I'm like, someone's going to come to me when I'm doing like bench press or something. And they're going to be like, you're not doing that right. I'm going to be like, 
I'm going to peace out now. <laughs> but you know what? You do the best you can. And that's basically yep. what it all comes down to, right? Move your body the way it wants to move. If it wants to work out one day, work out. Any level of workout, like a workout could be going for a walk. A workout could be doing some nice yoga stretching. If your body wants to rest, let it rest. There's no point in trying to push it through something it doesn't want to do because we have this one body and it's literally just here to carry us through our life. So why are we so honed in on it looking a certain way? Like, why are we spending more than half of our lives hating it and trying to morph it into something better instead of just enjoying it go out and enjoy your triple stack decker sausage sandwich or go out and enjoy that delicious julian salad go out and go for a nice walk or go for go do weightlifting or just jump out of a plane and skydive like your body is just here to carry you through your life it's not there for you to beat it up and for you to hate it and for you just to spend so many days thinking of the ways you can change it because that's going to take away so much of your time there were so many things that I missed out on or I took joy away from the moment myself because I had anxiety about how my body looked and how people saw me even still like it's not easy especially if you've heard your friends say certain things about other people and you're like I kind of look like that person. Do you feel that way about me? And you go to these social events and there are so many moments where that anxiety and just the way I I felt and feel and saw my body and just, it took away so much joy. And at some point it's just gotta be like, why am I doing that to myself? To First of all, to appease other people. Who gives a shit what they think about me? If I'm happy with myself and I know that I'm doing what I need to do for my body, screw you. I don't care if you think I'm fat. I don't care if you want to say I have a fat ass. I don't care if you say my hips are wide or if I have a belly. I'm doing this. This life is for me. It's not for anybody else. If I'm happy, if my partner loves me and doesn't give a shit what my body looks like, if my child loves me and I know that they don't give a shit what my body looks like, why do I care what Joe Blow in the community center thing? And you just have to look at it like, just enjoy your life your body's just carrying you through it and but you're the one enjoying your brain and your heart are the one enjoying everything don't take that joy away because of what other people might label you as you're awesome thank you so much brooke mic drop (laughs) mic drop thank you so much no problem for chatting with me today i knew you were the perfect person If you or someone you know thinks they may suffer from an eating disorder, please contact the National Eating Disorder Information Center, NEDIC.ca. Until next time.